0: Okay, Ms. Okay. Good afternoon, Leslie. Okay. Okay. All right. This is the gist of freedom. We're. uh um, We are broadcasting. Leslie, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, she, she, she's she's speaking, uh, Grandma. She just okay. she just started speaking. Uh huh. All
2: right. Okay. This is the gist Please of freedom. Janet, you can a my afternoon. Thank you.
0: Okay, all right, this is The Gist of Freedom, and we're on the line with my two partners, the executive producer of Truth and Love radio station out of Brooklyn, New York, and her right-hand woman, which is Miss Nellie Johnson, and of course, I'm Leslie Gis, uh, the producer of The Gist of Freedom, and um, you can listen to us Um, Blog Talk Radio, at the Gist of Freedom, or Blog Talk Radio, Black History, or Primary Sources. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, um, YouTube, but most of the stories that we'll be talking about on the radio show, they come directly off of the Facebook page under Leslie L-E-S-L-E-Y-G-I-S-T. Now, within the last 10 minutes, I just read some interesting news. And we can't help but talk about this election because it's not over. I tell people, the fat lady didn't even sing. She just made, uh, she just had a mic set. That's all she's doing as far as the president um, election being over. The electors have till the 19th. Of December to vote on that day, mm-hmm. they will meet at their respective state capitals, and they will present a vote because this is such a contentious race. We have lawyers from all over the world that are that are willing to represent these electors pro bono, free if they choose to vote against Donald Trump. Um, There is also a move to have a protest. There's ways you can sign up to protest uh, this election. And you can protest and uh, meet up with your fellow protesters at your local state capital to help encourage the electors as they enter into their civic duty, which can change the world. And hopefully, you know, you can, your presence will help them make the right decision and not to vote for Trump. He needs 270 electors
1: to um, Mm -hmm.
0: cast their vote. So, if you want to participate in this protest, you can go to HTTP PCCC. There's three C's. P first. P-C-C-C dot M as in me E again that's P-C-C-C dot M-E front slash the number two the letter H-L-G zero one M I'll repeat it again I don't know why they didn't make it easier but it's P-C-C-C that's three C's dot M-E as in me front slash two two HLG01M. Again, 2HLG01M. Now, I'll repeat it later. If you can't make it to the state capitol to protest, you can protest right here on your computer from home. You can email your electors and ask them to dump Trump. And that's at asktheelectors.org. And they'll tell you who your electors are, and they'll give you their email, and you can send an email. Now, the other good news is I posted a few days ago a funny poster, but it's really how I feel. Um, There's a poster that says, that says, just cancel it. Let Obama go month to month until we figure this out. I posted that December 6th, and... I posted along with an article that says Missing ballots in Michigan Suits in Pennsylvania Wisconsin is still counting And Florida might be suing too So again We said just cancel this thing And let Obama go month to month until he figured it out Well moments ago CNN had a guest on And CNN's guest Said That he is a former Former CIA agent and he said, this former CIA operative, Robert Beer says if the CIA can prove that Russia interfered with the 2016 election, then the U.S. should vote all over again. We need a special election. Mm. And, oh, interesting. Uh-huh, because he says, and I, I don't have the words. I just had the video. You guys can not see the video. But in so many words, he said in other countries when they have interference, that's what America recommends when they go over and monitor everybody else's election.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. They
0: always recommending do it over, have a do over. Uh-huh. So guess what? We need a do over. We need to have a clean, clean, clean election because even this president elect said that it was rigged. So he shouldn't have a problem with it,
1: right? Um, he was the first one that brought it up, right?
0: Yeah, he brought it up. He even said after he was a, was announced the so the the winner by the electoral college, not by a popular vote, he had the nerve to say that millions of illegals were voting. This is after, mm-hmm. he, so he's a real idiot. But um, he's such an idiot that he said last night during his thank you rally in Grand Rapids, Michigan, he said, Trump says blacks who stayed home or African-Americans who stayed home were almost as good as those who voted for him. And he's right. This is what he said. The African-American community was great to us, crowd Friday night. They came through bigly, bigly. And frankly, mm-hmm. if they had any doubt, they didn't vote. And that mm-hmm. was almost as good because a lot of people didn't show up because they felt good about me. And mm-hmm. I know we've done this show a few months now and I talked about Christy Whitman. Her one of her aides got drunk and made the same type of statement. But he pointed out that he used the ministers to help to suppress the vote mm-hmm. to keep people down Don't get people riled up about voting And mm-hmm. um, we saw him And Amorosa uh, Omarosa, Amarosa, somebody's Rosa,
3: mm-hmm. Going out to
0: all the black churches As a last, last ditch effort To Buy over these money grubbers With the promise that You know They would get mm-hmm. some A piece of change too He would drop some crumbs off the plate You know So, that is the news about Trump. Now, as a gist of freedom, our forte is black history, the era in which we um, ended slavery. And I say we because many times Mm -hmm. black people don't want to take credit for their ancestors' involvement in their liberation. We want to give it to Lincoln because that's what we've Mm -hmm. been indoctrinated to do. But we have to understand the truth and know our history and give our people more credit than what the white textbooks will tell us. That we sat idly by singing happy slave songs, eating chicken and watermelon, and refusing, mm-hmm. to, leave the, right. and, and, and refusing to leave the plantation. This is the image they wanted to pick. But they never mm-hmm. talked about set so many fires that they had to change the laws. They never talk about How the South couldn't even get arson insurance because they knew the chance of black people burning up their plantations was very, very high. They don't talk about how we poison people on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. How we kill them and we throw them in swamps. There's endless stories of how white people had to live and clutch onto their guns. They don't clutch onto their guns today because it's fun. They know their history. They know that's the only way they could have survived. And what's mm, that right. Oh, somebody online? Anyone? Yeah, want
2: this to? is Miriam. Mm-hmm. I, Miriam. I just tuned in. Hi there, honey. How are you? I, I'm enjoying this. Yes, it's mm-hmm. true. So, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so they, they, they knew they couldn't survive one minute without a gun if they wanted to be an overseer. Could not. It was impossible to walk around carefree. They were just as enslaved as we were. And their slavery mm-hmm. still exists today. While we are free, we don't have to walk around with guns um, in our homes and all over the place because we obtain a freedom that they have no idea what it is. They can't get, can't have this freedom. Look at Trump Tower and the bill that Trump is imposing on it, the New York taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Is it he lost Yes, he he didn't impose himself into this. Perpetual slave state He can't budge and move Without a whole bunch of guns Protecting him And no matter how much gold is around him He's still mentally and physically In bondage That's true At the taxpayer's expense Mm -hmm. So we as African Americans That came through slavery We know what spiritual freedom is Versus what Physical freedom is And many of us have the luxury of being able to enjoy both. And when we see so-called rich people having to live in gated communities, isolated,
1: Uh Uh
0: needing bodyguards, can't walk out and enjoy, enjoy a sunset, can't look at the stars, can't do anything. The price of fame, and fortune is bondage in more ways than one. So I got a little off topic, but the point is, when we talk about black history, how did our people contribute to our liberation? Well, many times our liberation came because two entities of the slavers were fighting, like in the Civil War. And the clip I'm about to share with you comes from the book Black Abolitionists. From Benjamin Quarles He's one of the foremost authorities And um, I'm going to share Different chapters of his book And I'm going to the chapters That are relevant to what's going on today Now on my Facebook picture And I've shared this maybe This is my fifth time sharing this in about eight years A picture of Charles Sumner, Sumner An abolitionist Who was beat to a pulp With a cane On the floor of Congress Beat so badly, it took him three and a half years to recover. Mm -hmm. The assailant, another um, politician, broke the cane on him, broke the desk, broke up everything, beating this man. You know why he beat him? I'm going to read to you why Charles Sumner was election fraud speech. In the first two Kansas territorial elections, one in November of 1854 and the second in 1855, thousands of citizens along Missouri's western border, you got to turn that water off. Something's going on in the background. You got to mute that. Okay. I think we're doing dishes or something.
1: Okay. I turned okay. the water off and threw the phone away.
0: <laughs> Sorry, went backwards, huh? All right in the first two Kansas territorial elections, one in November of 1854 and the second in March 1855, thousands of citizens along Missouri's western border flooded across the state line into Kansas to throw the popular vote into the hands of the pro-slavery. Does that sound familiar? Throwing the popular vote by By intimidating and harassing free state settlers at the polling places, they suppressed the free state vote. Some some counties recorded more pro-slavery votes than the total number of residents. Sounds like Wisconsin to me. A territorial census taken at the beginning of March 1855, for example, counted 2,905 voters. And yet, the election 30 days later tallied over 6,000 votes for the pro. Oh, my goodness. See, with racism and ignorance, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. They don't even know how to cheat properly. They're so stupid, they don't even know how to cheat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I can you
1: have <laughs> 300
0: have. people and 600 votes? Yeah. 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 3,000 voters and 6,000 votes. They, same thing happened in Wisconsin. They had more. Votes, then they had voters that was registered. All right. So history is definitely repeating itself. Infuriated by the tactics of violence, coercion, and fraud used by the pro slavery side to win the first Kansas Territory election, abolitionist Senator Charles Sumner, in his narrative of bleeding Kansas, characterized pro slavery congressmen to their faces as nuisance, mm-hmm. squats and nameless animals, not proper, not a proper model for an American senator. <laughs> this enraged and one of the Western why you He mean. got beat down for that. And then, nobody tried to stop the
1: guy. That's the thing. You know, everybody just stood there and let him beat this man almost to death.
0: And see, they were all packing heat. Back then, everybody was carrying guns. And mm-hmm. you know there were even some incidents where they would fire their guns inside the Congress mm-hmm. just on the floor they fire you know there were there were lunatics um you know there was like the Wild Wild West down here um so in retaliation for the assault on the voters of the free state town, abolitionist John Brown led a brutal attack on a pro-slavery settlement called Potawatomi Creek on the night of May 24th, 1856. This is like 10 years, almost 10 years before the Civil War. Oh, no, not six. All right. Brown and six followers killed five men, hacking at them with broad swords and cutting their throats before shooting them. They wanted to make sure they were super dead. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so then later mm-hmm. on... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. then later on in 1859, 3 years later, John Brown led the march to Harpers Ferry and then right after that the civil war started. Mm-hmm. So the civil war started these first skirmishes of violence, white on white crime um was uh took place because of election fraud. Mhm. And, and what you we're notice watching nobody now,
1: said... Nobody mm-hmm. said it was white on white clock. I said nobody said it was white
0: on white clock. Oh yeah. It was white on white and black people we sitting there, the ones that are enslaved looking like we know this is gonna lead to our freedom. So <laughs> it's only a mm-hmm. matter of time. You they know,
1: beating down in Congress. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: They beating down, they carrying guns and they shooting at each other and um all kinds of skirmishes breaking out over situations like What's happening with um, Trump Um, Then Mm -hmm. Let's move it back up Before I play the clip Let's bring it back to Something else Trump Okay I said that I did that already Okay so I think I could play the clip Do you want to add anything Miriam
2: Or anyone before I I move on I was going to ask a question I just want to ask a question Um, Let's see Can you refresh why there was abolitionist energy and fervor mm-hmm. to even begin this this civil war action and the change that ultimately brought to the South. Why was the why was there energy from abolitionists to stop slavery?
0: Well, originally, if you're talking about prior to the formation of the country, um, and that leads me to the next story. This story will help answer that question a lot better. Okay, the, the United nope. States was one of the last places to even introduce slavery. And of course they were the last one of the last you know Brazil was ultimately the last but they were they were the um one of the last people to introduce it and end it as their own nation. Prior to being a nation they were colonized and they inherited slavery. When they inherited slavery, slavery was being abolished all over the world. It's not just here in America. It was um, it was a move to end it. And this story that I wasn't going to share until after the clip, but I'm going to share it with you now, because it's one of the most heart-wrenching stories I ever shared, and I normally don't do that. I always share stories that are, you know, victorious and, and make you go roar, you know. But this one is kind of sad, so let me just read it. And I started off by saying, and still we rise. In 1849, an Anglican bishop Robert Gray described a slave ship being unloaded on the island of St. Helena. I never beheld a more piteous sight, he observed, of the people on board. Some were dead. Many more were close to it. They had a worn look and a wasted appearance and were moved into the boats like bales of goods apparently with any without any will of their own. These men and women were refugees of the British Navy's campaign against the slave trade. The United Kingdom had outlawed the trade in 1807, and anti-slaver patrols were intercepting boats along the Middle Passage, the trade route from Africa to the Americans even venturing into the harbor of Rio de Janeiro. So when America got involved with slavery, we had this, this, these laws, international laws, saying there was not going to be any trading allowed in any of the waters. That's how we got Amistad and other slave cases of revolts and court cases. that even went up to Supreme Court. There was laws in place at the very beginning of this country that said if you got captured with a slave ship after 1803, you could be executed. And Lincoln was the first person to execute a white slaver for breaking that law. So when Amistad happened, you had abolitionists, Pat Penney Bridges named after the two brothers who were textile, abolitionists, very rich. Um, that to uh, pay for the defense of the Amistad uh, liberated, self-liberated. So this movement to end slavery, the importation of slaves, or the slave trade, started before the United States was forming, uh, was formulated, uh, was formed. And there's many different reasons why different people got involved with it. Um, some people, the 29 signers of the Constitution, which the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence was described by Frederick Douglass as being the most powerful anti-slave um, document that ever existed. Now, this is far from what he said originally, but he came to he um, came to realize that those documents are the documents that help free black people and that would ultimately help us be free, something that we needed. And that's why Trump is such a danger to the country and to the world, because if he is able to throw that constitution out with the help of the Supreme court for the next few decades, um, America will never look like, um, any semblance that those documents said it should be. Um, you're not going back 50 years, 20 years. You're going back to colonial times where everyone is enslaved. And if you have somebody like Trump with his finger on on the atomic bomb or nuclear bomb, whatever they're using now, you know, it's, a, it's not a really good um, – a uh, good situation for this country to be in. So during that era, you had many people that were here for religious reasons. So they experienced slavery in some form or fashion themselves. They came from an era where their descendants were part, were survivors of the medieval times of of torture, barbaric torture, such as the guillotine, Hard and feather, in the case of the Quakers um they experienced horrendous uh torture for religious reasons, so you had more people that were sympathetic on those lines because they don't they don't they didn't want to go back to those days. They came here and they did not want anyone like Trump rising to the top where they would have to be on the move again so the rule of we are only as strong as our weakest link applied to many people. So if one person, as Martha King said, if one person could suffer from injustice, then it was a threat to injustice everywhere. Very clear cut. Um, Other people um, wanted to end slavery because it was a financial hardship on them. They don't wanna to have to you know, they don't wanna to have to compete with slave labor. There's people that own businesses today that can't make a profit because their competitors are using um illegal immigrants. And it's driving down case in point, it's driving down the 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 profits for beauticians like crazy. And um uh what is it? Nail technicians. All these things are being affected. Areas that black people once made, serious livings, that created the Madam C.J. Walkers of our day, have been destroyed because slave labor, virtual slave labor through illegal immigrants being able to work illegally and and um, it's caused everyone to suffer. So there's many reasons why we had abolitionists from different races get involved. But on the flip side, there's not too many causes that we can say that we've got involved with to help others out. Especially when we talk about Africans um, that are here who have, who have established their very own communities, they don't identify with uh, African-Americans or our movements. You know, They don't try to assimilate with us. Many people that come here from different countries, they can't wait. To um speak with an accent to let the world know that I'm not African American, so there's this so when we want to criticize and um what do you call it um scrutinize abolitionists, we don't really want to scrutinize ourselves as to what are we doing? are we a fraction? Of being helpful to one another, as the abolitionists were to someone who didn't even look like them, as the underground railroad conductors and one who weren't black, that built homes with secret compartments at the risk of being jailed and having their property stolen. I don't see that type of dedication and loyalty to humanity going on today, not in the black community or anybody's community, so um, and that's why I wrote my book, the Just the Freedom is Still Faith, which is to say that until we get back to that type of passion and compassion for one another, we're all doomed. I don't want to sound so gloomy, but until we realize that we need each other, no matter what color we are, what race, nationality, even sexual orientation, that we have to figure this stuff out and know that, that we're all in the same boat and we're all going to sink, because people like Trump, they plugging holes in our boats 24/7, and uh, it's time to throw him overboard. You know, he has a he has a yacht, and he's on our little boats, picking holes in them, and he's ready to bail out. while we're all gonna sink. So that's my take on it. Any other um, comments or suggestions, you? Um. I think- Man, yeah. I, was just I, was, I was thinking that
1: some of it was religious. The Quakers um, mm-hmm. didn't believe in uh, uh, slavery. So a lot of the um, Underground Railroad was with the Quakers that, because it was a religious thing with them.
0: Yeah, you and, had a and lot and of different
1: with them. Right, so uh-huh. that era so you I'm had sure so many. They, there were different. others. Yeah, there, yeah you I'm sure so there many. were others.
0: Yeah, they were religiously conscious. You had a lot of Mm -hmm. conscious people. They weren't all Quakers. You had just people who had moral standards more so Uh because they were victims. They were once victims. There's no better way to learn compassion than to survive from that type of um, victimization yourself. Well, it seems
1: that Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that came here originally were running from uh, some kind of uh, persecution.
0: The religious right.
1: persecution or other persecution. So, but because, you know
0: what? Not so today. A lot of people I'm going to just say this. But a lot of people today are running here for American drink, for money. You
1: mm-hmm. know.
0: So you have mm-hmm. a whole different mindset. So when money becomes your God, you can't serve two. You can't serve humanity and money. So when you have a man that was on an apprentice for 14 years, indoctrinating a country, that you're fired. And that you you gotta the American dream is to get as filthy, rich as you can at 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 any cost of fifty cents says, I'm gonna get rich or die trying. When you have that mindset permeated in people's being, I mean all through commercials. My daughter just told me ten years old that she was taught that you see three thousand commercials advertisements a day. Wow. Three thousand. So in that slave era, you didn't see any advertisements. All you had is each other.
2: You didn't you interacted. So I'll I'll let you say something, Marion. Okay. I was. Uh, thank you for that. That was really enlightening. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I think it can't be just one reason. I just want to uh-uh. say something about um the people who first came here and met uh-huh. the natives of of, uh-huh. of the continent. Um because we just had thanksgiving, and i was because I was so busy um mm-hmm. leslie I really was tempted to write up what I did. I did a presentation um during that just before Thanksgiving about the true thanksgiving story because one of the things I just want to add and this is really directed to um to my my sister on the radio what 's her name what's your name again my darling Nelly. um Nellie Uh Uh that we really need to be clear on too is what they did when they met the natives because Uh even though we were fleeing religious persecution they became very early persecutors uh because of the nature of the people and i'm Uh going to say it that way because in 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 the thanksgiving story as it has filtered down and a lot of us we do celebrate thanksgiving we don't we don't necessarily use the the historical narrative we celebrate amongst our families, but one of the stories about Thanksgiving is that that Thanksgiving had to do with not just one event, because mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving was after they slaughtered the natives. Mm-hmm. They were giving thanks for and the first time they. I don't remember <laughs> The right, first right, time I was it, it, No, it, they were. Many, Thanksgiving feast given in the early days of the settlers. And because the very first one, they didn't have food. It was the natives who brought the food to them. Right. But then but then skirmishes broke out because what? of the nature of the spirituality of the people. And just, just hang with me a second. What it is, the Europeans who were fleeing, yes, they were fleeing the little Ice Age remnants where the Europeans had basically uh, exterminated all their stuff, meaning killed flora, fauna, stripped trees and everything in, in Europe. They were hungry. They were hungry and they were, yes, they were serfs and peasants and they were being treated badly, but they're also very, coming from impoverished circumstances. They're coming from a time when when Europe itself had basically, for all intents, run dry physically, environmentally. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so they came here and saw beautiful lands. They were rich with all the things that they pine and hope for. that's flora and fauna, plants you know we talking you know Coney Island is named Coney Island because Coney's means rabbits, rabbits running everywhere, and there was millions of them, millions of rabbits there was there were oysters and crabs growing and it was just teeming with life and and rich, fertile land and you know just beautiful trees, abundance everything was just. Just chime in one second. Little.
0: Let me let me just chime in one mm-hmm. second. I know exactly what you're talking about because I have a book in my hand called mm-hmm. the Christopher Gist um mm-hmm. Diary Journal. And Christopher mm-hmm. Gist was one of those first pioneer people that came mm-hmm. over as a Quaker. And how mm-hmm. you're describing everything, he talked about the fish was just jumping out of the mm-hmm. out of the water. So it was like heaven on earth, especially in the
1: yeah,
2: Ohio area. But go ahead. And up here too, in the up here in the New York area and in the Bay, mm-hmm. because, you know, when you figure there only means of transportation is by boat. So you have natural waterways, inways that you can go exploring, just that freedom, mm-hmm. to explore a very rich and fertile land. now. The indigenous people, of course, this is their land. They, they're used to using it. And there were millions, millions of people. There uh-huh. were tens upon hundreds upon thousands of different groups, not just clusters. They were known. They had differences and different practices. These were nations that lived here. So when they first were experiencing the the the. the, 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 the what is it? I don't even know what to call 'em. The the indigenous the, the European <laughs> visitors, their understanding of sharing the land is different. So when you say, Well, okay, can I fish over here? Sure. How <laughs> about it? You know? Figuring that you they're figuring the the understanding the way they understand it because when they they only ate what they could use and they moved around. A lot of them moved around. They had their traditional hunting grounds and they had their areas that they moved in. It's like saying you go into Florida for the winter, you know, whatever. You move around. Mm-hmm. So, so, so now the thought is you have Europeans who come and they're used to fencing off spaces.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so the story is often told about Manhattan, Island Manhattan being sold for 20-something wampum peas. I remember mm-hmm. that from childhood. Now, that's mm-hmm. not what they were saying. They were giving a token of friendship. They weren't saying have the whole damn island that, that you could now prevent me from being on it. So let that's me,
0: saying, Let me just something. You have, I,
2: mean, I, well, I was going to say because I the Indians you didn't it. think you
1: could actually own land. It's like owning the sun. It couldn't be done. So right. we're going to share and it with, this, with you. Let me but the Europeans say, didn't have a sharing
0: mind. Let me just say, um, everything that I've learned, I've researched, so I'm trying to find out um, who I am as far as genealogy wise. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I never really bought into Thanksgiving story one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. But once I read the books for myself, as I was just telling you, his name is Christopher Giss. Mm -hmm. Christopher, and this is in my book, you can read it online for free, just the freedom and still faith. Christopher Gist Mm -hmm. was one of the first um, David Crocker, so what is his name, David Boone, Daniel Boone, one of the first Mm -hmm. first frontiersmen. But he got duped into going into Ohio, the unsettled area. George Washington, mm-hmm. this is why I call him a traitor, his best friend was mm-hmm. Benedict Arnold. George Washington mm-hmm. was part of the army in Great Britain before this country won its freedom. So mm-hmm. as a young man, a military man, he, the king sent him to an uncharted area, which was supposed to be off the quarters for a treaty, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He used the religious white people, the Quakers, mm-hmm. the Gisses. And told them he just wanted, he just needed to uh, hire somebody, a surveyor, to help him navigate through um, this um, uncharted area.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He tricked Christopher. He got Christopher mm-hmm. up in those in the mountains. And when he met the Native Americans, who Christopher knew very well, he knew how to speak the language. He knew how to communicate. They were fur traders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were surveyors. Mm -hmm. When he finally arrived up um, in this Ohio area, um, George Washington revealed his scheme. He -hmm. threatened the Native Americans and told them if they continued to trade with the French, that there were going to be some consequences. Now, Mm -hmm. he did this in moccasins and in the whole little Indian garb, Mm -hmm. trying to pretend he was a friend. And he mm-hmm. told him to take down those colors, those flags, the French flags. Mm-hmm. This made the Native Americans very angry, not just with George Washington, but with Christopher Gist, too, who mm-hmm. he had been living with with these people um, mm-hmm. freely, harmoniously, for decades, mm-hmm. to the point that his son, um, his son, I'm getting my, my people mixed up, his son's name was, he'll come to me later, his son ended up marrying a Native American and having a Mm -hmm. son. And his Mm -hmm. son's name is Sequoia Gis, George Sequoia Mm -hmm. Gis. He is the one who helped found and created, and a lot of Cherokees don't like hearing him get credit, the Cherokee alphabet. Mm -hmm. So I learned a story about the Thanksgiving um, uh, holiday, through research in my own genealogy. Mm-hmm. And and also doing this research, I discovered New Jersey and how New Jersey was formed. And New Jersey mm-hmm. was first part of the Quakers establishment when they got uh chased out of England with George Fox, the founder of the Quakers, who was a mm-hmm. uh, part of the elitist and he didn't like what how the leaders were treating the poor whites. And mm-hmm. these people said they would never curtsy the king anymore. They got beat down. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. eventually they said you, you start too much trouble, we will ban you from the country and they found they purchased this land with the help of um some money for just going away. And when they went mm-hmm. away, now here comes your people that you're talking about. For every mm-hmm. religious settlement and I live in one from the 1700s, but for for every religious settlement that was started, the king would send over his people, and they would call it a charter, to compete with the religious people, right? Mm -hmm. So that eventually they would compete so badly that they would even name their (coughs) communities the same name so that years later, like right now, we would join the two different people together and merge them as one and wouldn't be able to distinguish Mm -hmm. them to the point. Mm-hmm. where when I looked up my great-grandfather's um deeds and his paperwork, he was giving away land to Pickney School, Pickney Church, Pickney Road, Pickney everything. And the first mm-hmm. Pickney I found was a Confederate. From mm-hmm. the 1800s. Kind of find out the picney that my family was zoned into was from the 1700s. And mm-hmm. that they would even change the capitals, the state capital seats To say that it Mm -hmm. to make it look like it appeared that it was always a slave state, even Georgia started off as a Quaker land which didn't even allow slavery, but they Mm -hmm. ran every time you had a religious group settle somewhere, the kings in England would send people white, white poor white people criminals mainly they emptied their jails out Mm -hmm. and send them send them here to compete with the Quakers, not just to kill Indians, but to still mm-hmm. continue to kill the religious people, not just mm-hmm. the Native Americans, mm-hmm. but to kill mm-hmm. the religious people, to kill God, they Didn't kill what kind of God, what name you called him. This was mm-hmm. an entity, a spiritual battle. They chased them down mm-hmm. to the point where New Jersey was divided to East Jersey and West Jersey, and that's mm-hmm. how... You have Carteret, King Carteret. You heard of Carteret, Carteret, New Jersey. He was a king mm-hmm. that was established from the from the um, from the um, the King UK, and he was mm-hmm. opposed to the religious people. So they mm-hmm. would compete with them and run them out of business, and eventually take over the religious people's land. So the people that mm-hmm. killed the Indians weren't the religious folks. It was the people mm-hmm. who chartered their government. Like when you hear about um, Virginia was the first colony, they were the first chartered, recognized, formally recognized oh, by mm-hmm, the king. Mm-hmm.
1: They weren't mm-hmm. chartered
0: by religious people. See, religious people were here, and they didn't want to be chartered. They didn't want any association with the mm-hmm. king. That's why they left. Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. can talk about, oh, American history, we talk about, you're only talking about uh, the, the colonies and states that were recognized by the United Kingdom.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So, I think the,
0: so the United Kingdom not didn't just kill the Native Americans; they killed the the, the religious folks too. That's why you don't have mm-hmm. God in the schools. When as soon as black mm-hmm. people got free, see, black people's freedom came through the Bible. And mm-hmm. I know Farrakhan and the rest of them don't want to hear that, but it came through the Bible. You couldn't read the Bible; mm-hmm. it was illegal to read the Bible. It came through mm-hmm. the Bible. Once they lost the Civil War, they had to get rid of that Bible and get rid of education, period, especially the Bible. So the first thing they mm-hmm. did was they established schools, and they put mm-hmm. a flag up, right? Now, the Bible says you're not supposed to idolize anything. But they they mm-hmm. went away from what the little black children had learned about um, their religion, which comes from Africa, Christianity. The whole mm-hmm. story has been changed and rearranged. But we've mm-hmm. always believed in a God, the Native Americans, everybody believes in yep. God. Yep. You know? So they come here and they put a piece of cloth up. And it's funny because if you go to the Warriors of African Conscious page, that's another page I managed. There's a picture of the little black babies they're about between the ages of three and seven and they mm-hmm. they have the Hell Hitler sign. Um mm-hmm. um they're standing there with their, their little arms stretched out like Hell Hitler.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: the person who made the flag was down with that mentality, so mm-hmm. they knew when they were instituting these schools that you had to move as far away from the Bible and to make the Bible give the PR, uh, uh, I mean, give a, a terrible PR job on the Bible and the black preachers who helped liberate black people and all religions, mm-hmm. all, all all people of religious faith mm-hmm. got got a terrible a shaft when it came to PR. The first thing they did was to say they were uh, ignorant. You know the movie Killer Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Um They attacked the ones the um, the ones that the witchcraft selling witch. Um, so mm-hmm. these are the, and they cre- mm-hmm. yeah. So they created a whole new genre of teaching, calling it liter-, liter literature. And you're gonna learn liter- mm-hmm. literature based on myths and fables because they can't mm-hmm. handle the truth. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to use the Bible. They don't want to use a history book. They don't want to use your grandma's real story. They're not going to use mm-hmm. anything to, to based on the truth. They're going to make up Thanksgiving. They're going to mm-hmm. really celebrate Halloween, and nobody's going to fight over mm-hmm. Halloween being, being um, <laughs> celebrated in the school. Nobody fights uh-huh. over New Jersey mm-hmm. being called the devil state. You know, really? And had oh yeah, we, we the New Jersey's um, mascot is a devil, and this mm-hmm. is in direct mm-hmm. in opposition to the Quaker. Everything that the religious people did, they tried to undo mm-hmm. it. The, the play Hamilton, Hamilton mm-hmm. came here for he was uh, sponsored by Princeton University, which was a theological school. Mm-hmm. It was religious people that sent for him because he wrote a very religious spiritual. Letter that they got a hold of And they published it and they said this boy can write He's a very spiritual Mm -hmm. person He'll make a great minister one day Let's send him to um, Princeton It's called School of New Jersey And the whole play left that out They act as though that he came to New York To get the American dream They're they're (laughs) so afraid To make that connection of the truth When it comes to people And their connection to God and giving God The credit for anything mm-hmm. good, and they definitely don't want to give God the credit for black people's liberation. Mm-hmm.
1: That That is mm-hmm. the worst thing
0: you could do. And, in fact, I'll be at NYU mm-hmm. with a display about Paul Robeson next week,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. I'll be talking about how Paul Robeson was a uh, son of an enslaved minister who gained mm-hmm. his freedom, and Paul Robeson went all over the world to tell people mm-hmm. that he came from a, a slave background, and that they better unionize and get paid for their labor. And mm-hmm. this man spoke mm-hmm. fluently and sang fluently in twenty five languages. He was a uh, a graduate of law school at, at Columbia in New York City. Like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so our stories run extremely deep and they're tied to our religious background and the people that helped us mm-hmm. they were religious and we always have to separate the chartered colonies and states Mm-hmm. And settlements that were sent by the um, king in New Jersey. They had you. They would pay the, the 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 thieves and the crooks to come here with guns and whiskey. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was called a head. Let me let me a head something. It was purple. You would get it. This was their payment. Just they would promise you that, and then some land. And then a after,
2: hospital. what is it called? Mm-hmm. Is it called a hogshead of liquor? Hogshead mm-hmm. of um. What do you mean? It was. It was
0: what? called head a head a head. It meant the price that they were willing to pay each per- head right. A head right. Oh.
2: Okay. So mm-hmm. each
0: person would be promised so many um, guns, um, and so much liquor, and mm-hmm. they would get applauded. And they were indentured service too. At first, everybody was indentured. Black, right. white, everybody was indentured. And then mm-hmm. as the property ran out, and they didn't have they were like, oh, wait, wait a minute, this piece of pie is shrinking. The Donald Trumps, mm-hmm. is only these pieces are getting small and small. So they said, you know what? We're going to give you, white man, your property, but Billy Bob or uh, whatever slave name they gave somebody. and said, mm-hmm. you know what? Instead of you, they had a riot. This is what happened. And they said um, Obama is related to, one of the, to this man I'm talking about. They had a riot, like a strike. They said we ain't working no more. That's it. We ain't we ain't, we ain't working. So they conceded. The slaves mm-hmm. conceded and said, okay, we'll we come to the table. But this is what we can we agree to do. We are going to let you come back. We're not going to put all you in jail. We're going to let you come back, and we will give you what we owe you, the land that we owe you. But you Negroes who rioted and went on strike with them. You're not going to go to jail for four years or three years like the whites. Your punishment is slavery
2: for life forever. Wasn't that based on the case of one of the men? It was the case, I remember reading, I don't know if it was on your site, but it was the case of a black man. This is in the 1700s where I think that's what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. he was it uh, was a trial, and then they, that they they pronounced that, that he would be enslaved. <laughs> that was right first for time. life, mm-hmm. and that
0: was the beginning of chattel slavery.
2: There you so, go. Right here,
0: in you know. So, um, you know, the story of slavery is extremely complicated, and and mm-hmm. I'm gonna end it on this note because I just posted it, and this is what L. B. Johnson said about. What happened to us, our relationship with the, when we were all indentured, um, and what happened when, uh, you know, they fell to the curb. It was like, you know, we no longer gonna fight with the blacks for our land. We gonna, you know, get our land and tell the blacks, you on your own. But LBJ said, If you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. He'll give him somebody to look down on, and he'll empty his pockets for you. No, I'm sorry. Hell. Hell is his. Hell, give him somebody to look down on, and he'll empty his pockets for you. So
2: That's what Trump's doing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. This is a picture of Trump. And, when you know, say LBJ's, ben,
1: LBJ, ben. LBJ, LBJ, London, Baines Johnson, LBJ, you're talking about?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: London, Baines Johnson. That's the only, you know, LBJ. Yeah, that's president what he
0: said. President Johnson, yes, yeah, he's the one that said it. Yep, mm-hmm. and that's what Trump has done. Trump said publicly that if he ever ran for president, he would run as a Republican because those are the dumbest people on earth, and he ain't yep. wrong yet. And now he's in place, and he kicked Giuliani to the curb, one of his yep. surrogates. <laughs> Who, who is not a billionaire, uh, he's not in the billionaire's club, and he thought he was going to be one of the good old boys. And so he, he kicked Christie to the
1: curb. He's not a billionaire either.
0: Right, mm-hmm. so he's doing everything. And he's going to
1: make, make Ben Carson look like a fool, Carson have that job about a year.
0: Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> mhm. So, um, Donald, you don't mind if I play this Sumner uh, clip for about 12 minutes to you? Unless you have a guess. Uh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, thanks.
3: Black Abolitionist you, you by Benjamin Quarles okay. concluded. Cassette seven, side two. Good evening, and blessings,
0: and welcome to another installment. Go ahead. Could you give a station identification? Guys, you are listening to
1: Leslie. You are listening to Leslie Gist and the Gist of Freedom. On TANDL Radio, that's www.tandlradio.com and at 90.5 in East New York on your FM radio. We thank
3: you for joining us tonight. And we'd love you
0: to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552.
3: Some Negroes, such as Francis Ellen Watkins, sent personal contributions. Mrs. Brown's letters of acknowledgement were brief, but gracious and inspirational. The sympathy that Negroes felt for Mrs. Brown extended to Mrs. Mary Leary, widow of Louis S. Leary. The wife and seven children of the other Negro who fell at Harper's Ferry, Dangerfield Newby, were in slavery, and neither of the two Negroes who were hanged, John A. Copeland or Shields Green, was married. Boston Negroes raised $40 for Mrs. Leary and her child, and $10 to go toward erecting a monument to the memory of the heroes of Harper's Ferry. The colored women in Brooklyn and New York sent Mrs. Leary a total of $140, ringing from her the reply that her loss had been great, but she hoped that her husband and his associates had not died in vain in their attack on that great evil, American slavery. Negroes did not wait for history to pass the verdict on John Brown. He was the greatest man of the 19th century, ran a resolution adopted by a group of New Bedford Negroes two days after he mounted the scaffold. This evaluation was echoed by Frederick Douglass in a letter to Brown's associate, James Redpath, on June 29, 1860. Brown's portrait graced the wall of the Purvis dining room at Byberry, Pennsylvania. In Troy, New York, the black children pooled their pennies so that they might buy a picture of him for their school. A Negro weekly compared him with Nat Turner, discovering that both were idealistic, Bible-nurtured, tenacious of purpose, swayed by spiritual impulses, and calm and heroic in prison. The evaluation of Brown by Negroes was uncritical, since he perhaps was worth more for hanging than anything else. But as prophets, Negroes did better or with the ensuing rapid current of national events, Brown's fate became a rallying cry and his name a legend. It is true, wrote John A. Copeland, as he sat in the jail awaiting the hangman's noose, that the outbreak at Harper's Ferry did not give immediate freedom to the slave, but it was the prelude to that event. On the eve of the Civil War, the abolitionists lost John Brown, but they regained Charles Sumner. The Massachusetts senator had been the victim of a physical assault, which, like the John Brown raid, bespoke the mounting violence of the times. On May 22, 1856, as Sumner sat reading his mail in the nearly empty Senate chamber, a congressman from South Carolina, Preston S. Brooks, belabored him on the head with a heavy cane. Brooks had bitterly resented a verbal attack which Sumner had made two days earlier against his uncle. Senator Andrew Pickens Butler, in a Senate speech which at once became famous under the title, The Crime Against Kansas. Brooks Kane felled Sumner, bleeding and unconscious to the floor. Reformers throughout the North were shocked, Negroes throughout the North holding protest meetings. By mid-1860, Sumner now become by martyrdom a truly important figure, was ready once more to answer the roll call. On June 4th, after an absence of nearly 50 months from the Senate chamber, he arose to deliver a speech. He took the floor at 10 minutes past 12, and spoke until a little after 4. Sumners was the eloquence of industry, rather than the eloquence of inspiration, wrote one of his Negro admirers, Archibald H. Grimke. He requires space, and he requires time, Doubtless, on this occasion, Sumner felt that his subject, the barbarism of slavery, warranted extended treatment. The essence of the address, however, may be briefly stated. Slavery was a upas tree with all its gigantic poison. In the esteem of black Americans, Sumner already was second to none in national politics. For this maiden effort on his return to the Senate, Negro leaders showered him with a profusion of epistolary plaudits from Robert Morris, who had worked with him in 1849 on the separate schools issue in Boston, came a letter of thanks in behalf of the colored young men of Boston. Another lawyer, John S. Rock, later to be admitted on motion of Sumner to the bar of the United States Supreme Court, sent word, "'Your immortal speech has sent a thrill of joy "'to all lovers of freedom everywhere.'" A colored citizen of New Bedford, who had, upon his own testimony faithfully devoted more than twenty years of his brief life to the elevation of his race, assured the senator that the gratitude of the colored people was incalculable. However phrased, all of the letters expressed complete approval. Ebenezer D. Bassett, principal of the Institute for Colored Youth at Philadelphia, and later to become the first Negro to represent the United States at Port-au-Prince, Haiti, informed Sumner that the speech was unequaled by anything in the oratory of modern times. Bassett, as one with a reputation as a classical scholar, felt emboldened to place Sumner's effort side by side with the matchless D Corona of Demosthenes. From Philadelphia also came word from William Still, You have effectually laid the axe at the root of the tree. At nearby Byberry, Robert Purvis had posted a note sumner's speech had stirred within him the deepest emotions h o wagoner venturing to speak in the name or in the behalf of the seven or eight thousand colored people of the state of illinois return heartfelt thanks for the ever memorable services which you have just rendered in the senate of the united states to the cause of my enslaved and downtrodden fellow countrymen could the poor slave continued wagoner KNOW THE SUBSTANCE OF THAT SPEECH AND THE CIRCUMSTANCES UNDER WHICH IT WAS GIVEN, IN THE VERY FACE OF THE SLAVE POWER, I SAY COULD THE SLAVES BE MADE TO COMPREHEND FULLY ALL THIS, IT WOULD THRILL THEIR VERY SOULS WITH EMOTIONS OF JOY UNSPEAKABLE. THE RIGHT WORD HAS BEEN UTTERED, INTONED FREDERICK Douglass. YOU SPOKE TO THE SENATE AND THE NATION, BUT YOU HAVE A NOBLER AND A MIGHTIER AUDIENCE. The civilized world will hear you and rejoice at the tremendous exposure of meanness, brutality, blood-guiltiness, hell-black iniquity, and barbarism of American slavery. Terming it the most anti-slavery speech ever made in the Senate Hall of the United States, Douglas Monthly carried it in full. Francis Ellen Watkins caught the mood, turning out some lines whose spirit may be sampled from the opening and closing stanzas. Thank God that thou hast spoken words earnest, true, and brave. The lightning of thy lips has smote the fetters of the slave. Thy words were not soft echoes, thy tones no siren song. They fell as battle-axes upon our giant wrong. Although fulsomely praised by Negroes, Sumner's speech drew bitter comments in the North, where the prevailing sentiment was far less hostile toward slavery than his. Less than five months after the address, however, Abraham Lincoln was elected to the presidency, and a rapprochement between the sections became all but impossible. Less than seven weeks after the Republican victory, South Carolina officially dissolved its union with the other states of North America. Seeking to convince the South that her institutions, particularly slavery, were not endangered, conciliators in both houses of Congress tried to find a pacifying formula. Their efforts provoked a heated public discussion, which in turn made for an increased hostility toward the colored man, who was held to be the source of all discord. The everlasting Negro is the rock upon which the ship of state must split, ran an angry, widely reprinted editorial in a Providence Daily. Will the people stand for this much longer? Will they make the Negro their god? The possibility of a rapprochement between the North and the South dismayed the Negro. All compromises now are as new wine to old bottles, new cloth to old garments, editorialized Douglas monthly. To attempt them as a means of peace between freedom and slavery is as to attempt to reverse irreversible law. Negro leaders were apprehensive lest the road to sectional reconciliation become the last resting ground for freedom but such fears of a sell-out solution by the North or any kind of peaceful settlement proved premature. Six weeks after Lincoln took office, Fort Sumter was fired upon, yeah. compromise measures like the Union itself having proved unable to cope with slavery.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna
3: Our national sin has found us out, ran an editorial in Douglas Monthly for May 1861. In this Old Testament sense, war had indeed come as sort of an atonement for a fall from grace, an act of redemption, no matter how untoward its expression. But in a sense less retributive and more peculiarly American, the Civil War was a phase of the continual striving for the goals for... Thank you. Thank you for letting me go over.
0: And that's the end of the gist of freedom. Hello? Thank you. Okay. Well, it's- Thank you
2: Leslie I, Thank I, I'm you. sorry I also want to say that word Rapproach didn't we talk about that Leslie Yes I learned At least five new words a day When I talk to you
0: You no, are but but
2: word... it's... What does it mean <laughs> Tell us no, about it, what... it was just spoken in your narrative That you just played They used it twice I That's can't... why I'm laughing <laughs> Right
0: yeah,
2: Yes Yes getting together,
0: you know, a meeting of the mind, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, okay, meeting of the mind. Okay, well,
2: you know, you, Trice Lee's show, she used to
0: always teach um, some, you know, teaching, go over some of the vocabulary words, and I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. if you would come on the show and do that <laughs> once in a while, because okay. we and again, that book is called Black Abolition by a Black, even though the is white, or sounds white, mm-hmm. it's a Black author, his name is Benjamin Quarles, It's becoming very popular when I first played it. It was very rare. You couldn't find it anywhere. Now it's on Amazon. So I suggest that
2: you buy the book. uh, Say it again? The name again is is what? Black Black what? Black
0: Abolitionist. Black Black. Abolitionist by Benjamin Quarles. And the Stomberg, they had footage of him being interviewed about this book. Um, So I've been trying to get it. So I want to thank you, TNL, you guys made the show um, a, a lot so exciting. And you can listen to it. You can download it at um, blogtalkradio.com front slash black history. So you can download the show at blogtalkradio.com front slash black history. It's at the top of the um, list.
1: Okay. You. You're you.
0: currently listening to
1: Leslie Gist with the Gist of Freedom. Uh, T-A-N-D-L radio.com at 90.5 FM on your radio in East New York.